0: Welcome back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Well, if you've ended up following in your dad's footsteps after you tried multiple other jobs, you will identify with Thomas Rutt. How would you like to grow up with country star performer Dad, who's also a songwriter, and you get to go to Halloween parties at Reba's house, you get help with your homework from Blake Shelton, and you end up with your own record deal and career? Well, Thomas Rhett is going to tell you all about his journey to a well loved up and comer in country music.
1: Thomas Rhett's here today. Hear what he has to say. Country with an urban sway. Thomas Rhett's here today. Hey. Welcome to the show, Thomas.
2: Dude, I don't even know why I'm on the show. Y'all are the stars
0: here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we are happy to have you on the show. You have such an interesting story, and you're really no stranger to the music business. You were in kindergarten oh, when your dad, Rhett Atkins, was on tour with Reba. So, yes, ma'am. How did you process his fame at that time?
2: Man, I don't know. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, I was always that kid who was trying to get out of school early on Thursday so I could hop on the bus to Aww. go on the road with my dad. And, you know, I got to watch him play a bunch of shows and got to watch him write a bunch of songs. And, you know, I guess I was kind of born with it. You know, I kind of learned how to entertain a crowd just through watching dad do his thing. And, and it was really cool growing up with a dad like that. I feel like, I, you know, I got to do a lot of things that, you know, a lot of the kids in my grade didn't get to do just, you know, strictly because my dad was was a celebrity at the time, Uh and uh, I got to to meet a lot of cool people and see a lot of cool things, so it it was very cool.
0: Now, he would bring you out on stage, right?
2: Yes. I mean, he used to bring me up to sing, you know, That Ain't My Truck during his set, and, um, you know, I'd get out on the drums and play during the encore, and it was just just a lot of fun.
0: Uh So you were kind of exposed to large crowds and a lot of attention at a young age, so do you ever get nervous now
2: with big crowds? I get more nervous in front of small crowds now than I do in front of big crowds. (laughs) I did my first stadium show last weekend in Athens, Georgia, in front of 65,000 people. Oh, wow. And it was kind of just kind of like the same thing as playing in an arena, just double the size. But when I get in a little conference room with, you know, 20 or 30 people, I get more nervous than I do, uh, you know, playing in front of a big crowd because, you know, there's a lot more room for error and people can hear you when you when you miss notes and and uh so it's just one of those things that's weird so
0: and you know in a smaller crowd you can feel their eyes
1: on you whereas in a large crowd there's so many eyes you can't process
2: it absolutely (laughs) so
1: are you doing a lot of the radio station conference room acoustic things
2: when i first started out we traveled across the country visiting a lot of radio stations Uh and playing in, in conference rooms but that kind of process has kind of slowed down. You know, we have a new single coming out on Monday mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be visiting a lot of radio stations, you know, going in there and playing for some of their listeners and, and, uh, kind of getting back into the swing of that thing. So it'll be, it'll be a, another transition for me. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Tell us about the new single.
2: Yeah, it's actually a song that my dad wrote. Um, it's a song called, it goes like this. Okay. And, uh, it's really just, uh, a love song about a guy writing a song about a girl and, uh, telling her, you know, Hey, pretty girl, you make me want to write a song. and and the chorus is, is, is the song that he wrote for. Her. And uh, it's kind of more of a sexy side of me, if you will, is something I haven't ever done before. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of getting a new side of TR of out there.
1: Are you doing a video for it, too? Or have you already oh, yeah. done it? Oh, okay.
2: Absolutely. We're already getting treatments to go in and film it. And, uh, you know, that's always a fun thing. So. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm sure the girls are going to love it.
2: <laughs> well, that's, that's the idea. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, tell us about your
0: process of songwriting, how you grew into becoming a songwriter in your own right.
2: Um, well, I started writing songs in college. You know, They were horrible songs, and I landed a publishing deal by the grace of God. And, and Now, they couldn't uh, have been
0: that bad if you landed a publishing deal.
2: That's well, not easy I to got, do. I got I got seen by the right person at the right time. It wasn't by me playing any songs that I wrote. It was just kind of about you know me playing cover songs and whatnot. I landed my first cut ever on Jason Aldean's last record called I Ain't Ready to Quit. Right. And uh, that song kind of spurred me to be able to write with a lot more talented songwriters, you know, obviously than myself, and... And I started getting cuts as a songwriter, and then it kind of led to uh, me, you know, signing a record deal and getting my own songs out there. You know, the songwriting's always in my blood, you know, sure. although I'm an artist, cutting my, recording my own songs. I, I wrote, you know, 1994 for, for Jason Aldean, and I wrote Lee Bryce's newest single called Parking Lot Party, and I wrote Florida Georgia Line's new single called Around Here. So the songwriting, you know, aspect is really, really treating me well, so I'm just trying to figure out how to get my... My artistry career going at the same pace as my my writing career. When
0: you're an artist yourself and you're writing for other artists, is it hard to let the songs go to have someone else record them when you could record them yourself?
2: Um, You know, it it all just depends uh, on the song. You know, If it's a song that I know for sure that I want to cut, then I don't let anybody have it. Okay. But if it's a song that I'm on the fence about for me that I know that somebody else could do a lot better than I could, then I'm all about letting it go. I write so many songs and a lot of them get on hold by other artists. I'm just like, man, you know, that's a song that I don't really want for myself, so I'm I'm always for, you know, other artists cutting songs that, you know, I don't really want to put on my record.
0: How is the process for you? To do lyrics first, music?
2: Uh, It's always different. Okay. I've been writing with a lot of track guys lately, you know, guys that okay. run like, Pro Tools system. you know, mm-hmm. right to a track, and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's kind of what I've been driven on lately. It's kind of hard for me to get in a room anymore with just an, a guitar and write a song, you know, because then you got to go demo it, and then, right. you know, there's that process of <laughs> did you capture the moment, and, you know, a lot of the time with a track guy, you kind of capture the moment right there in the room, and right. they just mix it and, and give it to you two hours later, and you have a demo, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's free, so yeah. instead of having to pay a bunch of session guys to come in and play on a demo it's just a lot easier to do it that way
0: you have a decidedly more urban feel than a lot of country artists so what have been your influences musically
2: i listened to so much different stuff growing up i mean it was everything from hip-hop to bluegrass to you know led zeppelin to paul mccartney aretha franklin michael jackson it's hard for me to sit down and strictly write a country song i've got so much different kind of music running through my veins and Mm And so when I sit down, it's definitely country, lyric-based and country, and I sing it country, but, you know, I might have more of a pop or a southern rock or a hip-hop kind of feel going on within this country song, and I think that's what makes it so different.
0: Mm -hmm. And unique. Watching your dad while you were growing up, what do you think you learned most from him about either what to do or not to do in the business?
2: He's always just taught me to treat people right. Kind of Mm -hmm. like in every business, what goes around comes around, and you know, if you're not a nice, you know, human being in the business or if you try to trick people into doing something you want them to do just for your benefit, you know, it's it's always going to come back and kind of bite you in the butt, mm-hmm. And know. Uh, you know, he's just always kind of taught me to, to be respectful of everybody else and, you know, get out there and play every show like it's my last one. And, you know, so I really try to get out there and do better tonight than I did before, so. You know, he taught me a lot. You know, he, he's a very wise person, and he's been through everything, mm-hmm. you know, successes and failures both, and so I feel like he's a pretty wise person to talk to about this stuff.
0: And it doesn't sound like his fame or celebrity took him away from the family that much.
2: No, I mean, obviously, he was going a lot when I was growing up, but that's just the life of a musician. You know, you could call my wife and ask for the same thing, and she'd be like, I don't re- really remember the last time he was home. But, you know, my wife will come out with me a lot, and, you know, me and my mom and sister used to go out with with my dad a lot on the road and so you just got to figure out a way to make it work it really is just a normal job we just work on weekends instead of Monday right. through Friday <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and I think you have a lot more fun doing it right
2: we do have a lot of fun I can't <laughs> complain
0: now your new album will be coming out this summer
2: yes ma'am and you're
0: actually on the same label that Jewel is and Jewel was a guest yes. on our show earlier uh-huh. and you share the same producer Jay
2: Joyce yeah, well, I think Jay did some stuff on her recently. Uh, we, me and Jewel actually share the same manager as well. My manager, Virginia manager, is of the bus, And I actually got to meet Jewel for the first time ever in, in Vegas at the ACMs, and she hung out with me and my wife all night. And uh, she couldn't be any of a sweeter person. Uh, she was so much fun to hang out with, and it was good to get to know her.
0: Well, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, and we're here talking with Thomas Redd, up-and-coming country singer-songwriter. Knowing everything you know about the business and having been exposed to a lot, was there ever a time in your career that you said, I wish I were a little more clueless?
2: Uh, Absolutely. Going into this business, I feel like I knew everything just because dad had been through it, you know. But at the same time, you know, it's one thing to watch your dad get through it, but it's another to get out there and actually be doing it. And uh, so you learn a lot of things the hard way. You know, you get out there and and you think to yourself, man, we're playing an arena, and this show is going to rock. And you get out there as an opening act, and you find out that nobody really cares about the opening act. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like one of those things where you know, I, got, I got a long way to go, and i got a big fan base to build. And, you know, it's like any business starting from the ground up. You just got to really, really plug away and cut good songs. And, you know, there's just a lot of surprises in this business that you wouldn't expect uh, until you actually get into it and do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, what's it like touring with Jason Aldean and Jake Owen?
2: It's really cool. Me and Jake have been good golfing buddies for a while. And uh, I, I just, you know, I've recently started to get to know Jason on a deeper level than I have. And, you know, just being out here, man, just hanging out with those two guys and all the bands and the crews. And it's a really cool thing to be on, you know, one of the biggest tours out there right now. Yes. And, uh, you know, getting to play places like Madison Square Garden and Fenway Park and Wrigley Field and Nebraska and, Woo! you know, people, places oh, yeah. like that. And it's just it's just really cool. You know, I, I wouldn't have gotten an opportunity if I hadn't been on this tour. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm very blessed to be out here. Who's
0: the better golfer?
2: jake by far <laughs>
0: okay.
2: yeah jake jake actually played for two years at florida state and then tore up his shoulder and that's when he started picking up his guitar and playing music so.
1: Okay. okay so he traded the golf club for a guitar yeah any practical jokes on tour so far
2: i usually save those till the very end of the tour okay. okay you know for the last night when i was out with toby last summer me and brantley walked out in nothing but sliding shorts uh, on stage at red fellow <laughs> cup and had people sprinkle fruit loops from the from the rafters and and, uh, and three red fellow cups into the crowd. So, you know, just things like that, just to kind of...
0: Well, it sounds like you guys have a lot guys. of fun. So, <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, for sure. And
0: what else is on the horizon for you?
2: You know, we're on this tour the rest of the year, and I'm just really anxious to put this single out and get get the wheels back rolling, you know, on the radio and a music video and just kind of ride out the rest of this year and see where it leads and just trying to get more songs cut and write, write a bunch more and a lot of big things going on this year. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Thomas, we have a topic for every show. And question of the day is, how do you handle criticism?
2: I used to handle it terrible. You know, when my song Beer with Jesus came out, uh, I got a lot of flack for writing a song like that and putting it out as a single. It used to take everything I had not to respond back to people who said that they you know, either hated the song or it was it was sacrilegious or all this kind of stuff. And I finally just said, you know what? I'm writing for me, and I'm writing for my fans, and if they don't like it, that's it's not my problem. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of just had to back off of Twitter and, and back off of the criticism and just kind of let it all go. So, you know, like I said, you, you learn a lot of lessons the hard way, and, and that was definitely one of them. So I definitely handle criticism a lot better now than I did a year ago. So
0: you think being exposed to kind of a torrent of criticism all at once made you better with oh, absolutely.
2: It. Okay. I'm glad it happened early than later. So.
0: Mm-hmm. While we're on the topic of that song, tell us about beer with Jesus and what inspired that.
2: That was just one of those songs that kind of. We were in the room one day writing with some guys, and it just kind of came out. We were talking about, you know, sitting around the fire with your buddies and and just drinking a beer and having good conversation, and, and the topic kind of came up. What, if, what would you do if you could have a beer with Jesus? And <laughs> and, uh, and we just started to write that song and. You know, never in a million years dreamed that that would ever be a single, and uh, we decided as a label that it, that it should be, and uh-huh. and we put it out. And every night we played it's the biggest song we play. Yeah. Um, you know, it didn't, it didn't go past 15 on the chart, but in other people's minds, it was a big old hit, and and uh, it touched a lot of people's lives and hearts, and and so it did what it was supposed to do. So
1: it also opened a lot of doors for you for this next yes, single and the did. new album. So. Well we're excited to watch your career.
2: All right. We're looking forward to it.
1: Thomas, thank you so much for
0: sharing Alrighty. your story with us. It's fun Beautiful talking to you.
2: You're welcome. We'll see y'all later. righty.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. From urban country to folk rock, the nadas are up next. But first, here's a little beer with Jesus from Thomas Rhett. This is the Mulberry Lane
2: Show. Sit tight. So like me. Do you hear the prayers I sing? And what happens when life ends? And when you think you're coming back again? Yeah, I tell everyone, but no one would believe it if I could have a be